Motherboard, proudly brought to you by Loopy Lou, Lidl's award-winning baby range. Stay tuned for your exclusive offer from Lidl. Hello, I'm Avril Flynn and you're very welcome to the Motherboard podcast. This podcast series features parents talking about the beautiful but sometimes hard work of raising children in Ireland today. Before we start this week's podcast, I want to let you know about our fantastic offer from our sponsor. In this episode, Lidl are giving Motherboard listeners an exclusive offer. You will get 20% off the entire Loopy Loo baby range. All you have to do is visit familyfriendlyhq.ie forward slash motherboard to redeem your voucher. T's and C's apply and remember, this offer is limited, so redeem yours before it runs out. Joining me in studio today, I have a fantastic panel. I have Avril O'Hare, who is a board member with Little Ireland. And I have Samantha Kelly. Samantha is the owner of the Tweeting Goddess Company, the Women Inspire Network. And she's also the author of a great book called Tweet Your Way to Success. Avril is a mum of one, like myself, with an 11-month-old at home. And Samantha is a mum of two. You're so welcome, ladies. Thank Thank you. you. So I've been dying to talk to both of you because you both have such interesting backgrounds and I'm sure can offer a lot of advice and words of wisdom to people at home. Samantha, I'll go to you first. Can you tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into the business that you're in and how that developed over time? Yeah, sure. Um, First of all, I'm delighted to be here and I think what you're doing here is actually brilliant. So well done. Um, Yeah, I was... um, a mum of two, I was a lone parent on social welfare and uh, my marriage had just broken up. Uh, my father had just passed away and I was at that kind of, I was hitting 40 and I was kind of thinking, what have I done with my life? And I had two beautiful daughters, but I really felt like there was something else more in there. And um, so uh, what happened was my my eldest, she was 11 at the time, got her first period and I felt sorry for her. So I went to the shop and I went, I'll get her this little part, beginner set and I'll make it all really nice. And the poor girl, there was no beginner sets for girls. And I thought this was really weird. And I was like, why are there no starter sets for girls? So I decided there and then that I would create this gift box that mums could give their daughters with everything she needed in it and then you know some nice things like um, a hot water bottle for tummy aches and an eye mask and oh, I had great ideas I had no money though adding out a penny and the bank wasn't going to give me money either because of my unpaid debits and stuff like there was lots of them so um yeah so I decided um I'd call it funky goddess and it would be the welcome to womanhood gift box and uh so what I a went brilliant idea though I thought so <laughs> Anyway, I went to Dragon's Den. Uh, so I was on Dragon's Den oh. and on the telly I got investment, but afterwards I didn't get investment. But that happens sometimes. But what I did was I kept going. I was on Expose and BBC Radio 4 Women's Hour. And I noticed I started using Twitter and I noticed that I could reach a global audience with this platform. And I also noticed when the girls went to bed and I was actually feeling lonely because I was like, OK, the girls are in bed. What do I do now? And I started building. I didn't know I was building relationships. I started building relationships on Twitter with other people in a similar industry. Now, I have no training in in, in nursing or anything like that, but I'm not shy, as you can see. So I was able to talk about the word period and stuff. So I got loads of exposure and uh, on TV shows and stuff. But what happened was 
I still needed that investment and I was selling them, no problem. But also I learned a lot because I thought my biggest customers were going to be the teenage girls and their moms. But actually the biggest customers ended up being lone fathers. And I didn't realise that there were so many lone fathers in Ireland that actually this was a godsend for them. And also separated dads, you know, when when the daughter went to the weekend, like what would happen if she got, you know, you know at, if it happened at that stage. And so it was a godsend for them. So I learned a lot about marketing. I learned a lot about business and all of that. And I never went to college, so I never had that piece of paper. Um, but I just learned so much and I took so well. Like if you're good with people at all, you will be good on social media. If you're an idiot offline, you'll be an idiot online. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so that's the way I do it. That is very good advice and very true. Very true. So, um, yeah, so that's where I started uh, my journey. I sold the business uh, since and um, because people started approaching me and asking me, how do you use that Twitter thing? So a lot of people don't seem to understand Twitter more than the other platforms. And so I was like, oh, I'll show you. And then they said, oh, yeah, we'll pay you. And I was like, oh, maybe there's a business here. So that's how Tweeting Goddess was born. So amazing. that's really where it started, yeah. What an amazing story. Yeah, all true. <laughs> and Avril, you've had equally an interesting story, but from a very different background. So you, out of college, went into into Lidl. Yeah, so I'm, um, yeah, probably a little bit more of a standard um, career. But um, yeah, I started with Lidl 15 years ago, straight out of college. So in college, I kind of would have worked in the retail environment and I was very interested in it. So I applied for Lidl and got a position there. So I think my first job was like uh, pri- printing the price tickets that you see over um, our products and uh, deciding where the store products would be placed. So I, I worked in loads of different areas, like um, managing warehouse and store accounts. I worked in HR and um, I later on went to our international company in Germany and worked in IT for two and a half years. And then I came back to Ireland um, again, working in the areas of kind of administration. Um, yeah, I've been with Lidl a very long time because I think when you find a company that's a really good fit to you, why would you change? So mm. Lidl from day one, they offered me um, a lot of responsibility, but great managers as well that kind of help you grow your career. And I definitely think I wouldn't have stayed as long with one company um, if there wasn't that opportunity to grow and develop. Um, and also to have people there that are willing to give you their time to mentor and coach you along your career. So um, recently enough, um, I have just returned from Romania. So I went to Romania three years ago um, to work on the board of directors in Romania, which was an amazing experience. And I'm back working now in Lidl, Ireland um, since three months. Um, So I returned after my maternity leave. Yeah, so delighted to be back in Lidl, Ireland, where I started. And your little person was born over in Romania and came a little bit ahead of schedule. Yeah, so um, my daughter, Eva, who's um, actually one next month, um, she was born in Romania um, at 31 weeks. So it was a little bit of a surprise. I was booked into the coom um, and expecting <laughs> to have her there. But I think I've learned now with kids, nothing is planned. Um, so it was, yeah, definitely a surprise, um, but a really great surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Samantha, you mentioned so your kids are a little bit older now they're in their teenage years and you were a single mum for for a time. Mm. How yeah. do you think that that impacted on your ability yourself to kind of develop that business idea or do you think that it gave you the push that you needed oh definitely gave me the push that I needed yeah um to be honest I didn't want to be poor anymore 
Simple as. I just didn't want to be poor anymore. And I, did, I wanted my daughters to have opportunities I didn't have. Because I, I was born in Ballymun Flats. I grew up in Tala. Like, I, I didn't exactly come from a, a, a great, like background like silver spoon in my mouth or anything but you know I knew I knew about hard work and my dad I mentioned my dad had passed away he had a big influence on me because he used to always say you know um work hard and you'll get what you want mm-hmm. you know work hard and he had a great work ethic possibly a bit of an uh, alcoholic Jeremy a workaholic <laughs> um but definitely a workaholic as well you know but I, I I saw that when he worked hard we got things you know, so I could see that if you work, you get what yeah. you want. And um, so I know being a lone parent, I remember one day when I had Funky Goddess, uh, we'd no more coal and we'd no money to buy coal. And that's really what made me kind of... That's sh- kind of terrifying as well. It was horrible. It was horrible. And I said, what am I doing? I'm working on this business for two years and here we are with no coal. Like I would have been better off not working and you know, being on the dole or whatever. But... Um, I, you see, years before I had children, I was in customer service. I was in sales. Like I worked in the bank as well. So I, I had, I'd won awards in the bank. So I knew that I had a really good skill regard. I knew that customers, you need to surprise and delight your customers and you need to look after your customers. And, um, I always had that kind of thing in my head. So I knew when I was sitting there and we'd no coal, I just said, I can't do this to the kids anymore. It's not fair. Like, and so I shelved it and then I sold it. But, you know, I knew that at that point it, it was that that drove me was, do you know what? I'm going to go and give my daughters opportunities that I didn't have. Like I remember, for example, you know, her friends would be going to pony lessons or horse riding or something. And I was like, God, I wish I could send her, you know, or summer camps even, you know, they're expensive. Like, And I just didn't have the money to do that. But now it gives you choice. I know money's not everything. But it does give you choice and choice is lovely to have, you know. Uh, so it did drive me. Um, being a lone parent, I think I was lucky now. Abby's father was very good and he was he is quite involved and he takes her twice a week. So that helped. Um, but it definitely it made things it made me rely on people outside, you know, like not even my family because they weren't living near me, but more um friends and good people around me so that that kind of has kept going you know it's really important to surround yourself with good mm-hmm. people you can surround yourself with lots of people but it's getting the right people around you who really do genuinely care and 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 like I started hanging out with other lone parents even and we would swap you know maybe I'd take the kids one day and then you know stuff like that so I learned how to network from being a lone parent you know and Avril, did your career influence your decision to have a family or the other way around? Or did you always feel that you were in a company that would have supported your decision no matter what it was going to be? Um, I think obviously I decided um, to have kids a bit later. Um, so I think I was uh, 36 years old when um, I had Eva. But to be honest, what influenced that decision was I was enjoying life, mm. <laughs> to be honest. Absolutely. And, uh, so I know a lot of people, um, you know, it's more their career. But actually, for me, it was just we had a great life and we enjoyed it together, my husband and I. Um, but I did always feel that I was in a company that um, was supporting the family um, because um, Lidl entered um uh Ireland actually we're 20 years now celebrating in Northern Ireland yeah big celebration this year but um the people I started with we kind of grew up together so we saw everybody in the company slowly Mm. having children Mm. and um the company then uh you know also 
kicked in and said, oh, we've got all these people having kids. We need to be really supportive of that. And so it changed with It with changed, yeah. And, you know, we have like flexible working policies. You know, it's more family friendly. But of course, I can totally understand why that would influence people's decisions on whether to have kids or what stage to have kids, because it's essential that you're supported by your employer. And I know you feel very strongly, and as do I, but you feel that actually on maternity leave, you got a lot of new skills. Yeah, actually, we were talking about that that previously. So um, I think uh, maternity leave... um, I really think for me, um, I upskilled on maternity leave. So um, I'm not a hugely patient person by nature. (laughs) And it taught me patience. So when you're trying to soothe the child that's just crying and crying, um, you learn patience and resilience as well Mm -hmm. to deal with the different type of stress and pressure. Um, Like I mentioned before, um, my daughter um, was premature, so she was in ICU for quite a while. And then we had operations and that. And that's a different type of pressure. It's um, worry that you're dealing with. And I think everybody has their own story on maternity. I don't think anybody has an easy ride, any mum or dad. Mm. Um, But I think it teaches you skills and it teaches you to deal with things um, a lot better, deals with pressure a lot better. So I think when people come back from maternity, if they choose to come back to work, you know, they shouldn't be nervous about coming back to work because you've actually added to your skill set. So you knew all the things before you went on maternity. You had all those skills and, you know, you're probably valued in your organisation. So don't be afraid to take the year off or however long and come back because you're actually coming back better than when you left. I think that's brilliant. But isn't it funny, the idea of what you think you're going to be doing on maternity leave? Like when I imagined Mm -hmm. my maternity leave, there was a lot of feed up. You know, the baby would be asleep in a little Moses basket in the corner. I'd be reading a nice book, possibly writing a book myself. (laughs) Didn't quite work out that way. And Samantha, when you are supporting other women in business, in the business network, do you find that that confidence um, can be a problem for some people that it, that becoming a mother can really, really dent, I suppose, your ability to kind of engage in that business world. Yeah, I think so. Um, but, you know, in saying that, when, when Abby was um, my do- my youngest is 12 and she's deaf, so she has hearing aids and stuff. And um, when she was diagnosed, I remember she was diagnosed, she was about two and a half. And like we didn't know she was till she was two and a half. And. I remember I was working as a sales rep at the time and I was with with Aircom and I remember having to decide, you know, actually, I'm going to just choose to give all my time now. So I I went on the carer's allowance instead of earning a wage and working. So I stopped working, started caring for her at home. So there was speech therapy appointments, all kinds of audiology appointments and stuff like that. So I decided I I, I would take the step back and I decided I would stay at home. So I've kind of done both, which is kind of nice. So I can see from both sides. And I did lose a lot of confidence. I felt like I felt, okay, I'm doing the right thing for my daughter here. But to be honest, I wasn't really happy and fulfilled properly. And I've no shame in saying that. And I don't think anyone should have any shame in saying that if you don't feel totally fulfilled and stuff and happy. So, um, yeah, so I um, I decided that I would stay home with Abby. But I feel that people I meet and um, most people that join the network actually are sometimes going back into the workplace and it might be quite a male dominated workplace. And they just want that little person they can bounce things off and maybe just to hang out, 
You know, we don't hang out enough yeah. and just chat because we might meet today, we might not see each other for months. But like really what would be great for us would be to have a coffee and just have a chat and a laugh. Mm-hmm. And we have to laugh. We forget to laugh as well. And have a sense of humour about stuff. You have yeah. to laugh about stuff. Yeah. And that's what we're going to come back to in part two, actually, is to discuss that support network, how yeah. we can support each other, yeah. other mums, other yeah. mums returning to work and other mums who, who might return to work later and mm. how they do that. Thank you so much for that part one. It really was fascinating. Mm. And we'll see you in part two. Welcome back to part two of the Motherboard podcast. So I read a very interesting piece of research earlier on in the week that said in a uh, baby's first year of life, a mother will do the equivalent hours of two and a half jobs, which is kind of crazy when you think that a lot of mums go back after maybe eight or nine months. So you're doing probably a full time job plus so I'd say it's probably four, four jobs. But the big thing that I find is that the support network that you have built up, not just your employer, but the support network at home is kind of essential in any job success. Avril, would you agree with that? Oh, 100% agree. Like, there's no way I would have been able to go back to work without the support network that I had. So um, I'm very lucky. I have family nearby. I have the grandparents. I have an excellent sister-in-law. I have a husband who fully supports me. And Mm. without that support, there's no way I would be able to do what I'm able to do. But as well, I suppose the support network, it's also important to know that that's also friends as well. Mm. You know, I've had excellent friends that when I've been worried about something or I don't know how I can balance my days. I just reach out and talk to friends who have had similar experiences that they also have kids and said, "Okay, Avril, maybe try it this way or have you looked at it that way? Or, you know, come on over, we'll have a cup of coffee and just to discuss, you know, small problems, because it really is true. A problem shared is a problem halved, you know. Absolutely. Samantha, I mean, that's part of the whole point of the Women's Inspire Network is exactly that, to Mm -hmm. offer peer support from women to women. Mm. Yeah, it was from my own experience. I felt lonely. Um, I felt lonely at home running my building my empire and I just said I can't be the only woman sitting at home like this and I knew especially with online digital the way it's gone I knew that this was some people didn't even have a bricks and mortar building they had online websites or they had online um, services that they were offering and um, so I knew I wasn't the only one so I said Maybe I'll just create a hashtag on Twitter because I have 50,000 followers on Twitter. So I said, well, I'm sure I can create something. So I created um, the Women's Inspire hashtag on a Tuesday night. And people started jumping in and saying, oh, this is what I do. And And next thing I saw some magic happening. I saw someone saying, actually, my mum would love that. Where can I buy it? And Brilliant. then I saw the, the sales happening online. And then I also saw, oh, my God, I live down the road. Oh, do you know Mary or something? And the next thing they're meeting for a coffee. And that was what I wanted to see. So then I created um, a big Facebook group and that was really great. But I was I was wrecked. I was exhausted. I was giving myself free, really, you know, and I had to start thinking like a businesswoman and thinking, hang on now, you know, how can I add value, give everyone a little piece of me and then give them value and help them as well. So I created a subscription model. So we've we've 380 members now, 20 a month. But then what happened was they all wanted to meet in real life, right? So now we have conferences. So we've one conference a year, but it's not like a normal network where you meet every week or every month. Um, so we've got members from all over the world. So we've got members in New Zealand, um, San Diego, anywhere I've spoken, basically. I pick them up as I go. Like, And, um, you know, I have members all over the world, which means it's a global online network. So... Um, I did want to mention, though, we mentioned husbands there. 
And I don't, I, I just think it's really important that we mention, I wouldn't be here today only for my husband's mind in Abbey. You know, so I have to really give them kudos and mm. a really good supportive partner or husband is really important. If you don't have that, you you, you will find it really difficult. Yeah. yeah. Or that can be substituted by really great parents. Yeah. Or, but you, yeah, de- if you don't have a partner. Yes, it's, absolutely, I think yeah. it's very tough for people when and, and as you mentioned, really, really isolated. Yes. Yes. And I suppose, Avril, that support network as well as extending to kind of outer family and peer group. I think another part of that is actually to be honest and say Mm. it's tough. I mean, what I imagined Mm. my motherhood journey to be Mm. and my motherhood and mixing motherhood and work journey to be has been radically different (sighs) and has only been a success because I was actually able to say to people, I'm having a really tough time here. What can you do to help me? Do you agree with that? I 100% agree. And especially... um, I think when you feel confident in your work and then you go on maternity, it's a completely different experience and um, it can be quite isolating. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with my daughter being in ICU um, and being in Romania where my family weren't. I did feel quite isolated at the start. And I think, though, it is about reaching out. You have to reach out, you know, don't suffer alone. Just give someone a call, even if it's someone that you haven't met in two or three months. Mm. Give them a text and say, you know, maybe you don't feel like leaving the house. Maybe just say, oh, come over. Is it okay that I'm in my pyjamas? But let's have a cup of tea or whatever. Those things can make such a difference. You know, I really think it uh, really can like make the maternity leave enjoyable. Because at the start, it's tough. Mm. It is tough. And it's not what I had envisaged I really did think uh, I'm going to be drinking coffee and maybe doing a bit of yoga. (laughs) And I definitely got a big surprise that that's not what it's about. Um, But it can be enjoyable if you go and you meet other people and if you have the opportunity to meet other people. Mm. You know, you both probably haven't slept, but at least you haven't slept and you can chat about it and you can laugh about it and you can commiserate together and, and again, you can that, that and celebrate yeah celebrate the small successes as well yeah. you know oh the baby slept for two and a half hours yes mm. I know break out <laughs> the confetti exactly That's exactly yeah, yeah. how I felt and Samantha what advice if somebody was listening at home and they have a great idea or they think oh, how do I do this what advice would you give well first of all um on the website, we've lots of blog posts from people. So I did one, uh, how to start a business. Simple. You know, there is no guidebook how to start a business. So I just did that. Um, we have lots of tips and stuff. But definitely, first things first, um, you need to decide uh, where your audience are. Um, have you got customers? Is there a market there for it? Um, and once you decide that, then uh, do your research. Ask, reach out to people like me. Um, like Reach out to people who've already done this and ask them. You know, most people actually, most successful people, Mm -hmm. if you ask them for help, they will help you. They're happy to sit down and have a coffee. That's how I got to where I am today. People helped me. They sat down and had a coffee with me and bounced ideas. And but definitely reach out, surround yourself with like minded people. So go and find like people. There's other networks, too. Uh, Mine's the best, obviously. But, you know, but there's other networks too. reach out to a network and start going in and asking questions and and tell people you need a bit of help and you don't know where to start. You know, um, there are good. Um, courses and stuff as well but you know I know how hard it is to get out especially if you're on maternity leave and you want to learn stuff online is great there's loads of courses Mm. go on YouTube 
put in whatever it is you're looking for. It's there usually if you want it for free, if you've no budget. But look, um, definitely start, make sure you have a customers, make sure there's a market for it. What's the pain point? What is the thing you're going to solve? What's the issue you're going to solve? I know with Little, for example, I know that I can go there and get great value. And I know that I might also come out with a big saw, you know, or something. <laughs> but I know and Very I enjoy true. it. But I, but I yeah. like it because I kind of, what's going to be in there today? You know, like, but it's so much fun, you know, and it's about, and that's the message they put across is that it's fun. And their Twitter account is amazing, by the way. It's actually one of the best Twitter accounts. But, um, you know, it's about making sure that you have customers and, and looking after those customers. And um, when you decide you have a business idea, go and get the right advice and come to me, reach out to me and I might know someone who can help, you know. Brilliant. One of the things that I think holds people back is that they're afraid of getting the work-life balance wrong or that if they don't get it right, that either work will suffer or their home life would suffer. suffer. Avril, how do you mm. think that that can be better managed by people? Um, I think if you choose to return to work, um, you know, you need to be honest with your employer of what kind of conditions that you need um, to be able to manage your work life. And if those conditions aren't available, then maybe actually look at changing the company. You know, um, I look at if somebody wanted to return to work, for example, in our stores, we have really flexible shifts. So you could, you know, um, be quite flexible in terms of I only want to work mornings or whatever, you know, that can be facilitated. Um, I know from my experience, you do need to put in parameters like you need to decide yourself what can you do and what can you not do. And I think it's also important um, that before you went on maternity, you, you probably will need to change things coming back. So, for example, um, I usually go into work a lot earlier than I used to go into work mm. um, because my um, husband at home, he um, he's there when the childminder is uh, to do, do the childminder shift in the morning um, and I go in earlier and then I'm able to leave then a little bit earlier in the evening because I've my, you know, my workload kind of done. Um, before I went on maternity, I would have been going into work a little bit later, but I would have been staying later. Mm. So I kind of altered the way in which I worked, but also I had an employer that supported that as well, you know, and I think it's really important that employers support women that are returning to work or parents or lone parents, mm. um, you know, fathers that are looking after their children. Um, that is 100 percent important. Yeah. And mm. also, I know we were um, mentioned slightly earlier, but people who've been out of the workforce for a long time, mm. I mean, Samantha, you were out of the workforce yeah. for a long yeah. time yeah. to not be afraid mm. to get back in there. Yeah, and I, I actually was thinking, what am I good at? I didn't even know what I was good at. I really didn't know myself. And I was 40. I was at that kind of age anyway. Um, but I kind of was like, what am I good at? And I knew I was good with people. I knew I was good with sales. I knew I was good with um, customer service. Um, I speak fluent French. I mean, I've done a bit of traveling. And I think when you travel, actually, you mentioned Romania, you know, when you travel, it opens your mind a little bit mm. too. You know, you get a little bit more open-minded about things. But um, I think... Um, it's just about, look, think about the things you're really good at. Pinpoint what it is you're passionate about and how could you add value? I felt like I couldn't be a useful member of society. I really did. Now, I, I'm 11 years sober. That's why, because I thought, you know, I thought, oh, my past, I'm useless, all this kind of stuff. But now I'm in a great place, thank God. But, you know, I remember feeling... What can I add? What can I add to anything? I didn't feel that confidence at all. So I get it and I understand it. What the best thing to do is talk to someone, 
someone that you trust, someone that you look up to and that you want and that you admire and, and go to them and say, look, mm. I really want what you have. And how did you do it? And ask them. People love sharing. I love talking. Listen to me. I love talking about myself. So like we're always happy to share um, how to do things. Um, look at the, your skill set. And if there's something you need to improve, go and find out where can you do a course to improve that. Reach out and say, find a, I knew I was good at this, this and this, and it fits in perfectly with what I do, social media. I had no idea I'd be doing social media. If you told me seven years ago I'd be where I am now, I would have said you were nuts. Like, So just go and find what it is you're good at and use those talents and then find something that fits with that. And I know, Arvel, you would feel the same that you know, for people that have been out of the workforce mm. for a while, like, they are attractive people to companies. Yeah, I think um, people who are at home maybe for five or six years looking after their children, they're actually doing the hardest job. We kind of forget that. Yeah, They are doing one of the toughest jobs out there. So if they decide to return into um, kind of structured employment, you know, they have an amazing experience from mm. the five years and employers really like particularly here in Needle, we really want to see those people because we know they've done five years that haven't been easy um, and they're more mature as well. And they want to come in and do a job and, you know, have the work ethic. They've shown the work ethic because they're at home looking after their kids. And mm. um, so I think don't be um, nervous that if you've had a good few years out of the workforce, you know, you're definitely the type of person that we're looking for. Come back, you know, Um, like I said, in our stores, we're really always looking for good people and also in our head office environment. And we have different types of positions that are part time and that that people can come back. Or flexi time that can work around. Exactly. Yeah, 100 percent. And just, you know, I think um, people do feel very nervous. They haven't worked Mm -hmm. in a few years and they're thinking, um, can I come back? Oh, I haven't used maybe, um, you know, the computer for a very long time or I haven't used Excel or I haven't, you know, in store. I don't really know anything about working in store. Mm-hmm. You know, we provide full training and we're really looking for people who are returning to work. We and, love to see them. And you see people that have been at home and returned to experience. You cannot buy experience. Exactly. Like the time management. Time yeah. project management. It's time. like the conflict it. resolution. Yes, conflict <laughs> re- resolution. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Uh, organizational skills. You know, all of those things like, you know, that we need like people. We need those mm. skills, you know, and I had all those skills. and I didn't realize it. Sure. I was looking after someone who actually had a, um, a hearing difficulty. I was actually scheduling appointments. I was doing all this stuff. Yeah. I wasn't doing great housework now, but I'm, my husband does. That's great. But, um, you know, it, it, it's all those skills we don't realize we have. And, and, and even storytelling and, and being warm and mm. helping others, that's a skill. And that's going to help customers if they go into the workplace. We want good staff. I hear you. People want good people who are going to actually help your customers and make life better for them. Mm. So if they're anyway warm um, um charismatic, they want personalities. You don't want robots going around. You know what I mean? So 100 yeah. yeah. percent. Yeah. You don't have had to ha- have had this stellar career. No, you can actually step in at any stage if you yeah. want mm. to. And it's yeah. also OK if you, if you don't want to, if you want mm. to actually take a career break yeah. or take a permanent career break and be a full time. That's OK, too. Yeah. But I suppose the message that we want to say is that there are lots of different ways to, mm. to get back into it. So Avril, what advice would you give to new mums listening at home? Um, I suppose for new mums uh, listening at home, give yourself a break. 
(laughs) You know, I think um, we all try to be perfect at everything. And some days you'll be on top form and some days you won't be on top form. And that's okay. I think that's a lovely way to put it and a lovely way to end things. Samantha and Avril, thank you so much for really, really inspiring words of wisdom from two very different backgrounds, but equally fantastic. Thank you both for your time. Just to mention again that the Women's Inspire Network can be found online. And don't forget to subscribe and like our Motherboard podcast. And also don't forget to visit familyfriendlyhq.ie forward slash motherboard for this week's fantastic special offer. See you next time and thank you very much again, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Lidl are giving Motherboard listeners an exclusive offer. You will get 20% off the entire Loopy Loo baby range. All you have to do is visit familyfriendlyhq.ie forward slash motherboard to redeem your voucher. T's and C's apply and remember, this offer is limited so redeem yours before it runs out.